0: Jay is for Jesus Christ. Of course, we have to place him at the centre. The centre of this podcast, but also at the centre of our relationship. In 2018, I wrote a book called Plus One Equals Three. My children think that it's about them in the sense that they think, one plus one, i.e. mummy and daddy equals the three of them. I let them believe that because it's very sweet, but actually it's not about that. Of course, they are the product of our relationship. But when God gave me the title of the book, what God was saying to me is, you plus your husband equals three because I'm at the centre the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken, and so I, in my singleness and in my dating, was constantly reminded of the, of that Scripture, and constantly reminded that I need to keep God at the center of our marriage, of our relationship, of all that we do. Sometimes easier said than done, because what the Bible also says in one Corinthians seven verse 32. And I'm going to read this from the message version, just because of the language that it uses. I think it kind of um, brings it to life more in the sense of understanding in today's society, the realities of marriage. And it says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you are married, you're free. Sorry, correction. When you are unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you, not make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. This is Paul speaking, who many of you will know never married and didn't desire to marry because he wanted to spend 100% of his time focusing on the Lord. And God knew this, of course, because Paul then went on to write a large majority of the New Testament. I'm not sure he would have been able to do that if he had to concern himself with the things of the world and how he may please his wife. I'm not sure that that voice in the background saying, are you going to be down for dinner? Or we haven't seen you in a week. Or can you please reintroduce yourself to your children who haven't seen you because you've been locked away with those papers for weeks and months? Putting Jesus Christ at the centre of your marriage can sometimes be inconvenient or feel inconvenient because it's another thing to do. It's another thing to focus upon. But if in your singleness and your dating, you have already become accustomed to having Jesus at the centre of all that you do, then it's going to be a little bit easier because you will more than likely notice the absence of Jesus Um, because you've been used to having him before. When you have the distractions that life offers you in marriage, as the Bible says, the things of the world, when you have those distractions constantly happening in your life, it can be very, very difficult to continue to put God at the centre, especially if you aren't both like-minded. All of the demands on your attention will pull you away or try to pull you away from the things of the Lord. But actually, this is an instruction. This is direction. This is a warning in the Bible that it's not wrong to concern yourselves with the things of your wife or your husband. Absolutely not. It's not wrong, but it's a different angle. It's a different dynamic. And as long as you continue to keep God at the centre, it may not be at the same level. You may not be able to close yourself away for three hours every day in a prayer closet and pray because you have so much to do. But as long as you keep God present in your marriage, then he is still at the centre. You are still seeking him. You are still consulting with him. You are still praising him. You are still offering thanks to him. And you are still covering your partner in prayer, in petition. Keeping God at the centre, keeping Jesus Christ at the centre of your marriage is not easy. It will not naturally happen. It's something much like in marriage where you have to make constant effort. It's a constant effort to keep Jesus at the centre where he rightfully deserves to be. When you take away Jesus, that cord becomes weakened. You're now dealing with two strands. And those two strands can quickly become one strand, which is highly breakable, easily breakable. The one strand can mean you begin to do things in isolation because you're not guided by the spirit anymore. You begin to function, you're thinking and sometimes your output can become very singular, even in marriage, because you're just off doing your own thing. Jesus cements all that you do. Jesus brings together the, 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 that knitted um, entwining that is needed for marriage. Jesus is the one that brings that together. Jesus is the one that brings the promptings that you will need, the guidance that you will need, the, 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 the promptings of the Holy Spirit that will tell you that something may be up with your with your spouse. All of this comes from Jesus. And when he is at the centre, and when you also recognise that your marriage is not about you, your marriage is about the kingdom of God. God created marriage God created marriage, but he didn't create it for us to do what the world does with marriage, i.e. producing children, having sex, having cheaper tax because you're, you're, you're married, having the same surname and just being able to post pictures saying how wonderful your husband or your wife is and how great they are as a mother and father on, on Instagram or Facebook. You know, it, it, those things happen, but that's not why God created it. God created marriage so that as a unit where two or more are gathered, he is in the midst of them he, it becomes that threefold cord and through that his kingdom is glorified. People are discipled, children are discipled and trained up as they should go in an environment that's healthy. People are watching environments that the, the, the family is the basis, the foundation of all that we do. If you think about any scenario in the world, the family is the foundation, the root I can't go too much into depth on this, but you'll understand what I'm saying. When the family, whether, whatever your family environment is, I'm not saying it has to look like the picture perfect man, woman and children. Even in your family home, if you're an adult living with your parents, there's a foundation. Most of what you learn comes from home. Unfortunately, not all of it is positive. But when I look at my children growing up and I realise we have, we have three boys and they're very close in age. And I, I, I watch them and I hear them functioning and operating and learning. And a lot of what they do stems from home. A lot of their behaviours, a lot of their language, a lot of the way that even when they argue, when they learn how to defend themselves, when they learn how to put a point across, when they learn how to debate, when they learn how to prefer one another, when they learn how to be kind to one another, when they learn how to share how to take their turn when you're playing a board game with them. All of that stems from home. It should stem from home. And of course, then in the first four years of their lives, they're learning from home. Then they go into school where you're very much less present and the teachers and their peers begin to have more influence. And some of you may have noticed that when your children go to school, they start to come home with phrases that you've not heard them say before. It doesn't come from your household. You hear them coming home, even saying particular words with a maybe a little accent involved because that's how their teacher speaks. You know, they'll start to pick up different things at that early age. They're already beginning to be influenced by the outside world. But the early stages of their lives are influenced by you. And a lot of it starts in the home. If you cannot be kind to your husband or your wife and your children you're less likely to be kind out there in the world you may display kindness externally but underneath internally your mind may be thinking other thoughts so you can play the role for the few hours that you're at work but the real you comes out when you're at home The real you where there's no holds barred. If you're irritated or frustrated or angry, you let loose at home. You'll mask it at work, but you let loose at home. So we are always learning in our home environment. That should be the place where we feel safe to be who we truly are. Unfortunately, there's a lot of characteristics and personality that comes out at home that's probably unwanted. Even in ourselves, we see things in ourselves that we don't particularly like. And that does come through in the home environment. But if we place God at the centre of all that we do, he can mould us and shape us and guide us and advise us and nurture us. He can remove and pull away the things that are not of him. And that's often my prayer is, God, if there is anything in me that needs to be removed, please Although I'm scared to ask you, I am asking you because I don't want to be that person who continues to carry hurt or bitterness or anger or frustration or judgment of others. Remove that from me, Lord. Remove that from me and purify me. Give me a clean spirit. Renew me. That is my prayer. So with Jesus at the centre, the threefold cord, the plus one equals three. That is the goal. That is the aim. And all he asks of any one of us is that we just invite him in. Invite him in. Keep him in your mind. Keep him in your prayers. Keep him on your sofa. Open the door to Jesus Christ. Don't open the door to the enemy. Open the door to Jesus Christ and bring him into your family as part of your family. On Christmas Day, we sing happy birthday. At first, our children didn't understand it. And there will be those who will argue whether the day that we celebrate as Christmas is not actually the birth of Jesus. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. But when we sing happy birthday, what we're saying is we're not just thinking about the gifts and the tree and the food and and, and the entertainment and the family we're going to have around us. We're saying, Jesus, we acknowledge that the real reason we celebrate this day is because of you. And when our children were small, the simplest way to do that was to sing happy birthday around the table before we ate. That was a message to them. Remember, in the midst of all these gifts, remember Jesus is the reason. Jesus is at the centre of all of this.